BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. It's your host, Olivia Perez. Today we are joined by a true change maker and someone who I have followed since my very early days in fashion. And I'm just so excited to have her joining us on the show today. With close to 5 million followers, Iskra Lawrence is a trailblazer in the body positivity movement and has become a household name in the modeling industry. Since being scouted at the early age of 13, she's gone on to challenge the status quo of fashion, encouraging the industry to include more body diversity and showcase an authentic and realistic image of women around the world. She's an airy face in which she starred in the first ever no Photoshop lingerie campaign, and she's an ambassador for the National Eating Disorders Association. Through her positive outlook and encouraging words, she has built an incredible following around self-love and empowerment that's landed her on the Times 100 list, a TED Talk, and so much more. In this episode, we talk about her radical journey to self-love, what it means to be a change maker and how to do it, and her newest brand, Saltaire, that encourages her customers to make time for themselves in everyday life. I hope you guys love today's episode. If you haven't followed the show yet, find us wherever you listen to your podcasts and make sure you follow us, rate, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in and have an amazing week ahead, everyone. Here is my friend, Iskra Lawrence. Hi, we're just jumping right in here into nail talk because Iskra's nails are next level. I have a ridge in my nail that I just covered up. This is the first time I was able to do gels because it was splitting down the middle of my nail. It looks Ooh. like a, a little like mountain range on my nail. I've never Ouch. had it before. And you know, it's so funny. I ask every manicurist, everyone who does my nails, I'm like, what is this? Yeah, how did you get to that point? Some people say it's a vitamin deficiency and then the other 75% of people will look at me and be like, it's aging. No. And I'm like, Oh, wow. Like, give me, tell me anything but that. Wow. Yep. I'm really trying to make my nails longer right now and yours are fab. Tell us all the secrets. Yeah. I mean, hard gel overlays. What I like is I just get them filled most of the time. So for Mm. me, it feels like when they're, you know, buffing them down with the electric drill, it's not my nail. You know what I mean? It feels like they're only filing the gel that's already on there and then they just paint a new layer on top. Because I used to do dip. I mean, I've tried all the things. I've done the acrylics. I've done the dip powder. You know, the, everything. The normal shellac. We call it shellac in England. But it I know is, that's just a brand shellac name. shellac here too. Right. Yeah. And for me, the hard gel has been the best because you're not removing them every single right. time. So and if so one does break, I do the Apre Gel X. You know, the soft okay. gel extensions. Do you feel like your nails underneath are still strong? 
They're all right. Okay. They are stronger than they were with dip powder, which I feel like everyone says strengthens your nails. But no, I don't. If you that. have to get it removed every single appointment, every three weeks. That's like the thing of like, oh, I'm going to make you feel so insecure about your nails, so you continue to come back and buy more. Right. Yeah. We are motivated consumers. I said it in my TED talk. <laughs> oh, okay. okay, you did say it in your TED talk. Yeah. Yeah. There I you did. go. I I just feel like um, a lot of what I went through when I was younger with body image issues was purely down to someone advertising me something. Right. And so it was like, they want us to be motivated to buy their stuff. So I've just always kept that in mind always. And then now I feel like it's a really beautiful, you know, meaning to be here being like a brand owner and knowing that I have the responsibility of how I speak to people right (laughs) and how I advertise and how I can market and message and just literally think of humans yeah and how we speak to each other so I don't know I think that it's important we think about that I mean I dove (laughs) I went in head first just now I was obsessed with your nails and went right into marketing for consumers methodology (laughs) okay let's go back to the beginning how are you Thank you for asking. Of course. We just gave each other eye contact, so it felt like really real. I'm really happy. I'm really, really happy. I felt overwhelmed like about two weeks ago. I was worried that I wasn't being, I don't know, productive enough, or at least this kind of version of what success looks like, being able to pack in all these achievements within a day and then go to sleep like, I accomplished everything. and And I was like not feeling that way at all. And I had like my baby just needed me a lot and there was a lot going on. So I was struggling definitely a couple of weeks ago. And then weirdly, I had, I've had a work trip every week this week at like the end of the week. I've like wow. left Thursday morning on a 6 a.m. flight and I've come back like either Friday night or Saturday morning. But I don't know. It's weirdly given me like a piece of like myself back. Yes. Which I think I did need. And I, you know, I've gotten to see a couple of friends that I never get to see and just like, do some things for me and constantly challenging the guilt that I do feel as being a mom away from her child, which is not ideal. But I think for my human spirit to stay alive, sometimes I need those little chunks of like, I really want to focus on Solterre right now because it's also, you know, my little baby brand I'm building and, you know, it will be the future for my family, hopefully. So it's like my drive and my ambition didn't switch off when I became a mom. Of course. You know, I denied it for a long time. I think there's a there's a, a really unfortunate kind of like mental strain there to think about that. It's like, oh, I can only de- devote my attention and love to one thing. Mm. And I feel like that's just not realistic. That's not the way that you become the best mom and the best version of yourself. Absolutely. And I, I totally get that. Like, I'm, I'm not a mother. But even now, you know, post-COVID, anytime I take a trip or a work trip, for example, mm. where I'm on my own, I feel that sense of independence. I feel that like ambition and like thirst and excitement to be out of my routine. Yeah. I come back 10 times better person because mm-hmm. you just kind of feel reinvigorated. And I think everybody, Absolutely. no matter what you do, that alone time is such a gift if you lean into it. I think so. I love that. I love knowing that you've had that time as well. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So if there's anyone sat at home right now feeling settled. Yeah. Like, shake it up a little bit. I always think to myself, the, like, absolute worst thing you can feel is comfortable and settled. You mm. always want to challenge. I mean, obviously, you want to Growth can be painful. Right. You know? You need to, anytime I feel comfortable or, like, stagnant in something, mm. if I'm in a routine, intense routine, I'm like, okay, 
you got to break break it up a little bit mm. because it's in those little moments of maybe feeling uncomfortable or being scared to go do something where I feel like I grow so much as a person. Yeah, some kind of self-discovery is about to happen. Right. Some risk you take is about to just pay off like you never expected. Yeah. Yeah, I think almost every day we're given the opportunity to open a door that we don't know what's behind, you know? And if we constantly ignore that and we constantly don't open those new doors and just like take a peek or, you know, take a little step in, we're potentially missing out on parts of us and experiences and things that could be. I love that. It's a very Instagrammable quote, but you know that quote where it's like, what if it works out? Yeah. You know, I actually <laughs> really like, like that quote. Yeah. It's like the what if. And I think that leaning into that is really important. And, you know, leaning into starting a brand or starting a podcast or whoever knows what it might be, that uncertainty and fear, like embrace it, you know, big, big changes and life moments are scary, but usually they're the best things that could ever happen. This episode is sponsored by the Millie Marketplace, one of my new go-to websites that I've been raving all about for all things home, gifts, and so much more. For those of you who are just meeting the Millie Marketplace, it's an online shop that features gorgeous, handmade, one-of-a-kind pieces from around the world, like hand-woven throws from Colombia, brush-caught napkins, glass crafts made in India, woven baskets, vases, and so much more. When buying things for my new home, I have really wanted to find one-of-a-kind, unique pieces that are conversation starters. To know me is to know I love to talk. Every product on their site has a beautiful history. It's created with love by an artisan who's passionate about their craft and offers a beautiful way to see the world through their artistry. The Millie Marketplace has a simple mission. They want to help thoughtful shoppers create home and office spaces that are functional, inviting, and soothing, helping people feel good while doing good. What I love most is that it is more than just a store. Millie really believes in the transformational power of new experiences, authentic connections, and expanded perspective. I'm still, and I'm probably working from home for a long time, and if you're like me and want to feng shui a little bit, or just get in touch with different cultures from around the world, the Millie Marketplace has all the pieces that will spark inspiration. Exclusively for Friend of a Friend listeners, Millie's offering you guys 20% off your first order with code FRIEND. Shop these beautiful, one-of-a-kind pieces, meet the artisans, and read their stories, and make a difference by visiting millie.ca. That's www.millie.ca. Now let's get back to the show. So you're in quite a roller coaster of a time. You're a recently new mother to a son and a brand, and you have so much going on. There's something that you do that I absolutely love, and it was in your TED Talk, and it's a part of your practice and what you preach and share with everyone, and it's saying five things that you love about yourself. So in this moment of chaos, I want to flip <laughs> it on you and ask, what are some things you're loving about yourself in this moment as a new mom, a business owner? How are you feeling? I am feeling very proud of myself for being dedicated. When I care about something, I really commit to it. I'm proud of myself for being a mom who just is very selfless. I will give anything to my child and do whatever I can. I love that I am more patient than I used to be. I've had to learn patience. Um, there's challenges that have come with motherhood where I've had to put things on pause and I've just like had to figure out how to be more patient. I love that I just never give up. <laughs> I will go after something and I will just keep on going and I'll like find a different route. And I love that I can just find the joy in the little things, you know, and I do that, try and do that every day. 
sometimes it doesn't happen because you're too busy being present. But if I'm ever struggling, I'm very good at finding like the small joys and things. And even within my relationship with Philip, I think COVID was such a huge test that no one saw coming if they were in a relationship. And we just really continue to like find those little joyful moments with each other and just laugh and make sure we were doing things that we enjoyed doing together. If it was going for a walk or being like, let's go to the park as a little family or having dinner together. I was like, that makes me happy when we all commit to like having dinner together and we sit down and eat. So it's like, yeah, there's lots of things I'm proud of myself for at the moment that I'm really enjoying about like the new me. You could tell that this woman practices what (laughs) she preaches because, oh my God, I don't think I've ever asked anyone what they maybe love about themselves and you be so sure. Oh, not even there wasn't an um there. You look me dead in the eyes. No, but it wasn't. That was like that felt very earth shattering for me of like in a beautiful way where I was just like so engulfed in everything you were saying, because it's really rare to to you instinctually knew in this moment what you are proud of and what you love about yourself. And I can guarantee you if you flip that question on on me, I'd be like, well, it's a practice. That's (laughs) for sure. It's a practice. And you're right. You can't you got to practice what you preach. Right. And I've just seen it benefit so many people. And I've met people who have, you know, lost brothers or sisters to suicide, have had weight loss journeys and then, you know, had excess skin that they're uncomfortable about. I've had people who have been, you know, bullied for their skin color. I've met people who have had problems with their sexuality and not being embraced by their family. I've met all these different types of people who've been through different things. And I always ask them when they look in the mirror, what are they saying to themselves? Can they find three kind things to say about themselves? And like you said, most people struggle. And it really breaks my heart because I could meet someone for five minutes and tell three kind things to them. And it's just like, I, if that's the smallest thing you can do for yourself, figure out how you can say three kind loving things to yourself. Sometimes I know people probably laugh it off and be like, oh, here she is. And talk about talking to herself in the mirror. You know, it's like, I don't know. When you've been through an eating disorder, body dysmorphia, and you've looked at yourself and like essentially gone to battle every single day, it's like, why not try something that could give you a different outcome? Yeah. Like it really, and for me, I started reading Louise Hay books. Haven't heard. And she has amazing affirmations and she has like the techniques and she breaks it down and they're just kind of really easy. And when you go right off the bat into something like this, it like you said, it can be really hard to find just anything. So if you have a little formula, if you have like a bunch of affirmations, maybe you find one or two that speak to you. And just start there or start neutrally. I think that's a really important movement as well, body neutrality. It almost doesn't speak to me because I think I've gone through this so many years that like you've seen, I can find loving, positive things to say about myself. But there are people who aren't there yet. So saying something like completely neutral, like I'm grateful for my eyes this morning because I can see the blue sky. I'm grateful for my hands. They were going to allow me to cook breakfast. I'm grateful for my legs because I'm allowed to walk out in nature. Like just something that's factual can help you get a really good grounding because even though that's very just neutral it's still a way of being grateful you know is there an affirmation that you hold I know you were just saying that it's Mm. something that you've been working on for so long and so it it might not have as big as an impact but was there one that really stuck with you I'm enough I think because I have a perfectionism complex (laughs) in every area of my life wanting to have perfect relationship wanting to look as perfect as I can wanting to achieve perfect results from tests to businesses to ventures to anything I do 
to even like posts wanting to perform well. Like I can't easily switch that off. So I need that affirmation to remind me like everything you're doing is enough. Like I'm enough just as I am in this moment. And that really has always like spoken to me. And weirdly, it's the National Eating Disorder Association. It's their affirmation. Ah. Which I only found out like years after. And again, that's a quite a neutral like some people would say, oh, it's not very loving almost, but it's very solidifying to me because I think any time where I've crumbled, it's because I haven't felt good enough, either physically for the fashion industry or good enough in a relationship, living up to someone else's expectations of what a girlfriend should be or do. And the same with like, you know, I've done plenty of ventures and business stuff that's failed, you know, and so reminding myself that I'm enough is just really important. I think to so many people, you are more than enough. You've been in the industry for almost two decades now. Oh, gosh. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah a long it's a long time. time. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love hearing you talk about where you're at today because I think that your journey is so specific to your sense of self today. Mm. I would love to hear how you would say, quote unquote, you were discovered as a model. Mm, that's a good question. I feel like those are always really intriguing stories. I was... I was 12 and a half and I saw that L Girl Search for Supermodel was like applications over 13. So I said to my mom, let's take the pictures now and they'll be ready. And as soon as I turn 13, I can submit them. So I got into the finals and I got invited down to London, did a shoot and I didn't win, but I got scouted at the shoot by like a top model agent. She scouted Kate Moss. It was very exciting. Wow. Yeah. And For I was a 13-year-old? Oh my God. Yeah. It was kind of like, I think I'm going to make it. Like, yeah. you know, I did this thing and that and it's all happening. And it was very going down to London on the train and telling people at school. And, you know, it was just, it was a big deal. And I did lots of little shoots, test shoots. Test shoots are unpaid shoots that you do with photographers to build your model portfolio. But every time I was getting measured and, you know, 13, 14, 15, that's when I hit puberty. And so my hips started to come in. And I specifically remember my hips measuring them one day. And it was like, they're over 36 inches. And I was like, oh, they're meant to be 34. And I just remember like constantly being told that the measurements should be like, your waist should be 24, your hips should be 34. And um, I started to just see that I was getting curvy than the other models that I was around. And they kept measuring my hips. And I just started not fitting into sample sizes, which was humiliating and being publicly shamed is just not cool for anyone of any age, let alone like a 14, 15 year old. And then I was dropped from that agency And they said, here's a list of other agencies you can go and see, you know, maybe they'll want to take you on. And, you know, one was actually really close to taking me on, but it had to be unanimous vote between all the agents. And someone said no, but all the other agents were very much just like, oh, she's too commercial. You know, she's too curvy already. Like she's too mature looking for her age. All of these like weird, like she's too something. So what do you do at that age? You think there's something wrong with you? And so one day there was a girl, I was on a college fashion shoe and she said, do you know something called plus size modeling? No, what's that? So she showed me and then it wasn't long after that, I think the Vogue Italia cover came out with like Candice Huffine. And yeah, I was just I remember like, that. remember that was just- Yeah, that was groundbreaking. Absolutely groundbreaking. Robin Lawley and then Robin Lawley was doing such amazing things back then, really baking, breaking so many barriers. I was like, oh my goodness, there's like, there's maybe another way to do this, what I love and what I really want to do with my life. And so I spoke to a plus size agency and they said, you're too small to be a plus size model. And at that point, I've just wasted six, seven years trying to slim down 
to try and, you know, get into the sample size and being told I was never small enough and now you're telling me I'm not big enough. So at that point, it was like a real switch up of like channeling that anger. Because I felt anger. I felt like, what can I do? I'm just, that's it. So you said no, you said no, that's it, it's just over. And I was like, no, there's got to be a different way. So I just really channeled that anger into saying, I'm going to change the industry instead. So that's when I started like actually finding clients myself and going after brands and saying, hey, what if I'm the only model at this size? And I really targeted swimwear and lingerie brands because usually they had a B-cup model. Often they didn't even have a plus size model, but sometimes they wanted like a D cup to show different cup sizes. So I kind of found my little niche and started working, then went to the agency again that didn't want me because I was too small and said, hey, I've actually got a few clients now. I'll give them to you if you'll just sign me. And so that was really my foot in the door with an actual established agency. Smart collateral. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I know that everything comes down to to money. So they're not going to turn down free commission. Right. Uh, or even just new clients that they could then give other models jobs to. So then my New York agency, Jag, came to scout. And I was like, please let me meet them. Like, I love what Gary's doing. Gary had started the plus size division at Ford. He was incredible. Everything that he's built and all the girls that he really managed. And yeah, he just was like, okay, so you really want this? And I was like, yeah. I said, I, I believe I'll make it because I want it more than anyone else simply put and I just kept like I did presentations and like I just he's a model has never come into the agency in his 25 years with a powerpoint presentation about I need to know what was in it was like what brands I want to work with and why it was like what movements I want to be part of I want to work with the National Eating Disorder Association because I had an eating disorder this is what I can do and there was social media at the time So I was talking about like the shoots I want to do on social media and how I think that brands, because no one, he told, (laughs) he did tell me, you don't need to post on social media. You're a model. You, You get paid for photo shoots. Why would you be posting on social media? And there was many years where brands didn't want you to post. They were like, don't post on set. Don't tell anybody until we, you know, release our shoot. And now the everyone wants you to talk about their brand on social media. And I guess I was just lucky that I, saw that early on because I realized we're all consumers I'm a consumer and I realized that I was building this community of people who obviously wanted to shop and we had a connection so they'd rather see me wearing something because to them I looked like them and relate we related to each other so I was able to go back to brands and say this is what people want to see and this is how people want to be spoken to so let's do this together it's almost like you had this foresight of I guess The fact that you cannot just be one thing anymore. You have to, if you're on social media, having a perspective, having a voice Mm -hmm. is crucial. It can't just be photo, photo, photo. And I feel like for you, especially for what you wanted to represent, you knew that you stood for something bigger. Yeah. I mean, and there are, I got to give credit to them. There are still models that don't need to post on social media at all. And they're doing their e-com work. But I do specifically remember I got to a point, I remember being on a shoot. I'm, I'm comfortable talking with money. I think we all need to talk about money. I think I was getting 10 times more than the other model because she was just there to shoot and I was there to shoot and, and post. post on right. social media. And I was like, wow, I really just got my timing like bang yeah. on. I didn't intentionally build a platform thinking one day I'd be able to monetize it. That was absolutely not. And it took me many years to do it. Nobody would do something free for six years. 
you know, I wasn't going after it thinking, oh, in six years, maybe somehow brands will start paying you to post on social media. No one had any idea that was coming, you know? Right. But I was just authentically posting about things I cared about and people were connecting with it. And it just grew. We'll be right back after a quick break. At the beginning of every year, I love to do a checkup with all of my doctors, my physical, my thyroid, my gyno, dentist, all the things. It's like getting a good manicure. You feel so accomplished and like all of your tools are back in the toolbox. But sometimes finding a new doctor or even making appointments can be a painful experience. But with ZocDoc, the answer can be refreshingly pain-free. Finding and booking a doctor who's right for you doesn't need to be a terrible experience. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available right when you need them. You'll read up on local doctors, get verified patient reviews, and see what other real humans had to say about their visit. So when you walk into a doctor's office, you're set up to see someone in your network who gets you. For example, I haven't gotten my moles checked in years. I know a lot of you are saying, hmm, me too. All I did was go on ZocDoc, put in my insurance and location, and I had an appointment for 48 hours later with one of the best doctors at my local hospital. Just like that. He was also super cool. All you have to do is go to ZocDoc.com and choose a time slot and whether you want to see a doctor in person or do a video visit. And just like that, you're booked. Plus, it adds to your calendar. It is just so seamless. There's no hold times or crazy paperwork or referrals. Find the doctor that's right for you and book an appointment that works for your schedule. Go to ZocDoc.com slash Olivia and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today, and many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash Olivia. ZocDoc.com slash Olivia. If you want to look and feel amazing on the beach this summer, all while supporting our oceans, check out Vitamin A Swim. They are an incredible swimwear brand based in sunny California who have truly been the pioneers of sustainable swimwear creating sustainably produced and locally made products. Vitamin A has also been giving back from the start. Through every purchase, they prioritize the health of our planet. Through their partnership with 1% for the Planet, they give back a portion of every sale to organizations that protect our oceans. All the more reason to support this incredible business. I'm heading on a much-deserved vacation this week, and I just got the cutest new suits. The first one is a classic black suit. Everyone needs one of these in their closet. Mine is the demi-top in black, and I paired it with their California high leg in black as well. I have a smaller bust, but the demi-top is perfect. It's a perfect cut for any size with amazing support and in a wide variety of colors that really make you just excited to hit the beach. My bottoms are definitely a bit more of a low cheeky fit, but they also have high-rise styles for all comfortability levels. I also just got the moss top in a sea green, which I just cannot wait to wear with a tan. It is such a gorgeous silvery green color that I feel like I've been seeing everywhere and I just know will be a hit all summer long. What I love most about vitamin A is that when you get a bikini from them, you know you're going to have it for years. Their bikinis, bodysuits, and loungewear are designed to last with exceptional quality and a flawless fit. Their colors are gorgeous from copper to ocean blue, and they have a fit for everyone. So head over to vitaminaswim.com and get those suits ready for summer. You can use my code FRIEND at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Again, that's vitaminaswim.com and use code FRIEND at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Now let's get back to the show. Something about you that is really, really empowering to me is the fact that you took something that was clearly an insecurity of yours, something that you faced and dealt with and had to overcome, but you turn that into passion and purpose. 
Like that is who you are today. And you've turned something that could have been a weakness into something that is almost your superpower. And you share with so many people and you bring, you shed such a bright light on in a very, very, in such a community driven way. Hearing the story about how you went into a modeling agency and brought a PowerPoint presentation, (laughs) but simultaneously in the same sentence, you brought up so many different challenges that you dealt with as a young adult. Mm -hmm. I don't know a lot of people who would be able to do those things in tandem. Mm. What was that journey like for you of taking something that you were facing in your everyday life, a challenge, and turning it into something that you knew would be who you are today and such a powerful part of who you are? Mm. I think that, I hope that that's what most people would be able to do with their struggles because what it did for me was it allowed me to have peace with spending so much of my energy and time focused on something that was a bit that was hurtful and unhealthy and you know kind of just sad that I it feels sad that I wasted so much time invested in the pursuit of perfection of you know being a certain body type of being thin and I failed and failed and failed and it wasn't healthy for me and to how I explain it to <laughs> come to term like to be okay with that right. is find using that it. to find peace with that right. is to use that now to help others hopefully not use up so much of their time and energy and part of their journey and development because those years are just there's just so much more you should be doing and I want people to be free from that because I see so many teenagers and when you are consumed with how you look, what what other people think of you, your size, you're wasting so much time that you could be doing fun things, investing. And I'm not even talking into big things. I'm simply just like being free to wear whatever you want to wear. You know, I never wore ankle boots. I've got some ankle boots now and it's really great that <laughs> I can just buy a pair of ankle boots and not think my calves are going to look ginormous in these. I could never wear these. I've got some now. Like just there's small little freedoms that you have when you conquer something like body dysmorphia and eating disorders. And you have to see that as a gift. And hopefully if you're able to use that to help someone else not go through that. So that's really where I'm at. Like you said, the coming to to peace with it. What was that? I love that you use the word like conquering it because I feel like you have to obviously go through the, the tough moment to be able to get on the other side of it. What was that moment of freedom like for you? Like, was there, for people listening, I always like to provide, maybe it's a resource that you loved or Mm. someone that was really instrumental in changing your mindset. Was there something that was so useful to you that that was your moment of freedom? I mean, I escaped a relationship that I was in. I was in a long-term relationship from the age of 15 and a half to 20. And he fed into manipulating how I felt in a big way. And it's very hard to see that when you're in it. And you're in a very long-term relationship that in my mindset, I'd met my childhood sweetheart and he was going to be the only person and then, you know, happily ever after. And so too, I was very unhappy in that relationship because he definitely used my insecurities against me and made me feel like no one else would ever love me. And I was worthless. And being a model was just being a piece of meat. Like all stuff he would just tell me. He was a bully. And he was clearly insecure and scared that he would lose me one day. And obviously he did, but he tried to use that to control me. Right. And I felt like I was lucky because I met a friend who I'm not friends with anymore. Friends, you know, can be for seasons. And this girl was was for that season. I think we just were exposed to having these conversations about ourselves. And we got the Louise Hay book. We learned about nutrition. We started going to the gym together and being like accountability buddies. And the whole thing 
it turned into something that was like punishment, like moving only to burn calories and being scared of calories and what we ate. And instead it was like a journey of like learning with her. It was like, let's learn how to nourish our bodies. Let's learn how to move our bodies and try new things. And it was just really free and fun. And I think that when you, when you come out of recovery, it can feel weirdly lonely because your eating disorder can be very comforting. It can be a place that feels familiar and it can be a voice that feels familiar. And when you decide to, you know, start your journey of recovery, you can live in fear that it's like, am I going to feel alone? What's my purpose going to be now? Because I used to be driven every single day to, you know, try and be smaller. What's my purpose now? What am I doing? And so I think she helped me find things to do that were empowering and uplifting and fun. And like, I just went full in with her. I think about something that I say often when it comes to working for yourself, being your own boss and entrepreneur, is that often we get caught in these like silos of just working on our own. Mm. And we don't have a manager or, you know, if you don't have a business partner, it's really easy to get caught in your own almost like echo chamber of thoughts and ideas and your own life. Yeah. And I appreciate everything you just said because it kind of opened up my perspective a little bit to how that can even apply to life. Like Mm. just getting outside of your own bubble can introduce you to a whole new side of yourself that absolutely you didn't know. And I think that even applies to what we were talking about earlier, where it's like just staying comfortable and being in that routine can hold us back from a whole other life that was actually meant for us. And it was so interesting with Solterre because I, the assumption was I would do like a swimwear line or just really stay in that lane. And I personally believe that body care would be the best possible way to actually touch people, to be truly accessible because there's no size limitation. Right. To be accessible in the sense of like, for all bodies can use body wash. You know, all abilities, all ages, we've made it $12. Like it's accessible price point wise. Like it was just this opportunity to like have an empowering brand that I felt was truly inclusive and we could gift that experience like you've smelt, you've smelt them. Yes. They take you a different place. Right. Like you feel like you're on a tropical island or you're like, you know, enveloped in like juicy mango or you're on a beach being whisked away and you smell the fresh air. Like we wanted to create these moments. And I was like, it's, it's body care. I feel like my body was something that I was very disconnected from for a long time. And so I take the time to make sure that I'm using products that feel luxurious and I enjoy. And when I smell my salt hair, it takes me to a different place. And that gives me that like, even if it's just five minutes of like some kind of self-love and connection with my body, touching it, giving it something that is yummy and delicious and nourishing. So yeah, I think again, not feeling pressure to stay in your lane. Right. Taking a risk, being like, you know what? Actually, I really believe in this. I'm going to go this way, even if people think I should go that way. Right. I mean, tell us more about Salterra in that sense, because totally like the second that I heard you were doing body care, I was like, not that I felt like it was off brand because I don't even like that word. Like, I think we should all just be able to do whatever we want and yeah. not be withheld to the quote unquote brand <laughs> that we've made up for ourselves. But like, what was that moment for you of just being like, no, I don't want to do anything that maybe seems obvious like a swim care line. Like body care is what I'm excited to do. Yeah. And it, it you know, I love I loved even earlier you were like I want this to be the future of my family. Like it seems mm-hmm. like it's something to you that you feel really passionate about. Where does all that come from? It came from I saw opportunity for sure. And I I just felt there was limitations. I've definitely trialed and gone down routes and like 
worked on things and realized that there was a limitation there. And when it came to body care, I was like, where's the innovation? Like there's so much innovation in skincare. There's so much innovation in makeup. There's so many beautiful, fun kind of movements I want to be part of there. There's people just doing really, really interesting, innovative things. And with body care, it either felt boring, clinical or overpriced. I mean, I swear maybe as of like three years ago, I still had like Dove body wash in my shower. It was an afterthought, right? You just (laughs) grabbed, you were just like in the grocery store and you just like, oh yeah, I'll throw that on. When you're throwing that on, it's all All over your body, body, literally all over your skin. So it was like, how do I make, and honestly, my postpartum journey was not the easiest. It's not easy for anyone, but I stopped showering. I wasn't even taking the time to shower myself to like cleanse off the day. Like there's something about jumping in the shower. It's like a complete reset. Complete. It is a chance to, like, if I start my day. It's a brand new day after you shower. Absolutely. Like it sets you up for success. Like jumping in that shower, waking up, taking those minutes to just like, okay, I'm doing this for me. Let's go. And so it was like, I want to provide a product to help people get excited for that because I lost all interest in it. So now when I, I literally got to create my own product and have it in the shower and like see the colorful bottles and know that the fragrances were going to make me feel I was on a tropical island. The colors are to die for. I have (laughs) this like beautiful bright orange one in front of me. And I'd say this is like a really rich teal. Mm -hmm. So you nailed the colors. I'm a sucker for a good bottle color. Yes. And we're expanding. Obviously, we've got other products coming and they are all sitting within their own like fragrance category love that so you know if you're really into exotic pulp you know that like the orange is exotic pulp and it's juicy and it's fruity and you'll be able to get the body wash the body lotion and a couple of other things coming out but no it was just like I felt like that was a gift and of course there's amazing brands there's amazing people doing swimwear and it's great and we can wear it when we go to the beach and we're on vacation at the pool we use body wash and body products every single day so if I get a chance for someone to see that bottle and be like, Iskra is here to remind me, <laughs> that's maybe too cheesy, but you know what I mean? Like, Honestly, I love that. You're someone who in my mind is always, I love how you just said you always want a challenge, but for me, I feel like you're always looking for the thing to change, whether it's mm. modeling, whether it's body care industry. For I me, I that. feel like you are always looking for what can I change? What can I make better? Mm. It's not just about the challenge for you. Appreciate but that. I think that. I think a lot of people instinctually want to be change makers, but it's really, it's hard. That's a challenge. (laughs) Like that actually is something that I think it's hard to go against the grain. I think we become very comfortable, like we've said many times. For you, you've made change modeling. You've said no to airbrushing. What for you has been that kind of motivating factor behind being able to say no to things that a lot of people say yes to? I've said yes for many, many years, and it just got me nowhere. Being, I remember someone telling me, you're too nice to make it. I was like, but it was when I moved to London. A lot of people have said that to me too. I'm yeah, like, you're never going to make it. You're too nice. Yeah, I've heard that. My model agent, Gary, he's amazing. And I remember him one day just being like, I love no. It's my favorite word. I love saying no. And I was like, really? I was like, why? And he's like, because no will take you to a yes. And I'm like, huh? And he just kind of explained it to me. And he was like, you don't get what you want if you always say yes. And that was really empowering for me. Because right. it just took the ownership back of like time and I'm yes. 
I like to get, try and get things right. And when I'm put under a time crunch, it's stressful. And it's like, no one, no. And say yes. And I don't even want to be there. Yes. And I'm so overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm a yes person. So I, I, I'm trying to take notes from you here of how to kind of put your I was down. too. <laughs> it's a balance. Obviously, I most right. of the time I still say yes. Right. But I do find that like if it's something especially that's time pressured or you're starting to feel uncomfortable, if it has to be now, it has to be no. Right. Love that. Yeah. The airy campaign that you did was... Was that the first not airbrush campaign ever? It was up there, maybe in the top first free, five. Free, <laughs> free, you know, obviously Aries owned by American Eagle. So for right. a billion dollar brand on billboards, I'm pretty sure it was the first, especially for, you know, swimwear and lingerie. Definitely for lingerie. I mean, we have been advertised lingerie as a fantasy for far too long. Like the way that women were advertised lingerie for it to simply be a way for you to appeal to, to men right like what like I remember I remember being 12 and looking at images of and wanting to be sexy for who you know I just I think it's bananas <laughs> I feel like we are in this unbelievable moment of redefining sex appeal absolutely the way that I see covers mm. the other day my sister is plus size and I Paloma El Cesar cover of I oh yeah and I die for that cover like, I know that cover to me was on fire mm-hmm. she looked gorgeous the mew mew like yeah it was just amazing and she, my sister ended up messaging me saying I'm so glad that you posted this like thank mm. you for posting this like I love this and you know she kind of went on to ask me a couple other things about fashion and that piqued her interest and you know it was amazing in that moment she dm'd me and was like do you have any friends that would help me with styling like I want to up my fashion a bit more wow and in that moment I was like that opened up a world of possibilities yeah it really did it's really hard if you there's that quote if you don't see yourself represented how could you be it absolutely if you cannot see you cannot be that's the short version but I mean I hate that quote but it's so true like I hate it because there are people who are the first to do many things and they haven't seen anyone do it before but for the majority of people it's very comforting seeing someone else who looks like you or you feel relates to you and represents you doing something because then you feel safer in that right. space. So that's and really sweet what you said. No, it meant the, I, mm. I, I'm saying it meant the world to me. It, it didn't really impact me, but I, it meant the world that it mm. meant that too much to my sister who's not in fashion at all. Right. And just the fact that that kind of changed her mentality of what's possible for her and the way that she dresses. Right. And on a global scale to see that cover for people, mm-hmm. I really do. I keep thinking about it. I keep seeing images that are so different than we've ever seen before. Yeah. And you're right. When we were younger, we were sold the stick thin, massive boobs, big hair. That was sexy. Mm -hmm. But today there are so many images, so much in fashion. There's so much out there that, you know, we may already think is sexy behind the scenes. But for the world to see, for us to change that mentality of what a standard, quote unquote, is of sexy is so exciting. I'm so excited to be in this moment and place and time. I'm oh, grateful for I'm, people like you who have it's, pioneered it for oh, years. Thank you. There's so many people who have done so much, but you're right. It's it's like a, a relief, honestly. It's a sigh of relief having a child and knowing, okay, I think he's going to grow up in a world yes. that's going to be a lot more diverse and inclusive. And there's, there's a lot more to do, especially, obviously, with systemic racism. I mean, that feels like this uphill battle and obviously having white privilege, trying to understand and break that down. And Philip's been wonderful at kind of like handholding me and sharing like his upbringing, his experience and journey as we raise our child, who's going to have a different experience to the both of us. Like 
So there's definitely so many new challenges, but I do feel like the more we see, you know, just the celebration of each other, the acceptance of one another, like, okay, let's keep on going. Between being a mom, a wife, business owner, so many different things, you're someone who, in my mind, has been probably ambitious since, like, outside of the womb. <laughs> what do your ambitions feel like right now? I mean, I want every everyone <laughs> in the world to have Solterre in their bathroom. <laughs> Small goal. But no, I just, I hope that actually building Solterre will inspire other people to know that they can be business owners if they are a mom, if they are wanting a career pivot. You are not just in the one lane and have to stick to it. I tell young girls this all the time when they come to me and they're like, I just want to be a model. And I'm always like, amazing. What else? Yeah. You know, like we're always told that we can do like one thing and that's what we have to do. And that's all we can be. And it's like, we can do so much more. So I've already learned so much from like the last year, two years. So it's like, who knows what is going to open up for me, going to open up for my family, just learning and growing and developing this brand. I want to obviously travel more. I'm meeting so many new people. It just feels like a really exciting time. I love that sentiment. I always say we're in the era of comma profession. So you're this, mm. this, and this. Yeah. Anytime someone asks me for my title, I'm like, okay, maybe I'll oh, put this one first, this one first. Go on, give us your title. What Usually are- it's a podcast host and journalist. Nice. Sometimes I like to put something with fashion in there because that is my one true love. But mm. um, the same way that we've been talking about limitations and boxes, I feel like if you're in fashion, you're very limited to influencer, con- content creator, all mm. these different things. And it's fascinating to me how we've, put such negative connotations to things and again stay in your lane and titles and all those things what's your hope for the future of fashion I think to just be a more accepting industry in general I Mm -hmm. think in my mind I was raised in the era of Devil Wears Prada Mm -hmm. and understanding that that was what the industry is like and for me I have worked really hard and it's an industry that I love and there's a really beautiful community there and I think the old quote unquote, gatekeepers of the industry that did keep it very mm, tough and rigid and, yeah. are s- kind of slowly backing away and, and making room for an, a newer generation. But I just want the other people who are excited about fashion to feel that too. I right. want people to know that they can, if they work hard, they can be in fashion too. It's not mm. something that they have to be like, I'm scared or it feels really exclusive or it feels yeah. really mean mm-hmm. or, you know, I don't, I don't want to be in the Devil Wears Prada type thing. Mm-hmm. I just want people to know that like there's there's more possibility in it. Thank you so much for coming on today. It was so lovely to talk to you. Congratulations on Solterre. Thank We're you. We're so excited about it. Yay. Um, you've accomplished so much and it was just so awesome to talk to you and yeah, hear about your journey. lovely. Thank you for your time. Of course. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.